If you're into designer furniture and you want the sofa that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends and all the quality, but without the designer prices. Check them out. Designer Looks at Value City Furniture or designerlooks.com. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVIC coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your VIC card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVIC coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVIC and Harris Teeter fuel points. Get ready, sports fans, because the Rao Report starts right now. Welcome to the Rao Report. Everyone, how you doing? My name is Christian Rao, the host of the Rao Report. We have a special episode for you, episode one of the new and improved Rao Report. We got 30 teams in 30 days to start off our podcast, and what better way to start off with the one, the only, Billy Graves. Hit City Kid now, coming out with a new gimmick, a new character, a new man. Billy, what's up, man? Hey, same old same. It's good to finally be back talking baseball with you, even though there's not really anything to talk about. I mean, there are previews that we can do, but we're locked yeah. out, man. Yeah. You know, we might be locked out, but we're locked into these 30 teams in 30 days. Cue the Rock theme song right here. Give him the microphone. Put it in his hand. Uh, and hopefully it's better than that Super Bowl promo we had. But make him say, finally, the boys are back talking about baseball. I'm excited. I don't know. Did you like that Super Bowl promo? I wasn't a big fan. It, it could have been better. You know, I'm a, I'm a fan of just about anything the Rock does. That's fair. That's fair. He's my Just about man, anything. So. Yeah, I mean, well, with the exception of, like, the Fast and Furious movies, you know, that's not really my gig, but, uh, man, The Rock is, I don't even call him Dwayne Johnson. You know, you see these, you know, young people, like, wait a minute, Dwayne Johnson used to be a wrestler? And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, Mr. The Rock to you, right? That's oh, what yeah, you Mis- yeah, Mr. The Rock. Mr. The Rock. He's that Man, so... Man. He is, he is, but he's not on the Milwaukee Brewers, unfortunately. That would actually make one hell of a first baseman. But he is not on there. But we just talk about the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, one hell of a season they had last year. Unfortunately, didn't end up the way you know they wanted. Was not the World Series champions, but did have one great season. There's a lot of still question marks to see what's going to happen with what's going to happen. What's what's going to go on in 2022? Obviously, one are we even have a season? That's one first. Let's just throw the cat out of the bag. Okay, let's assume that we have a season. Let's assume. So we're recording this. On Monday night, before the announcement of if there's a deadline or if there is not a deadline so far, the last thing we knew is Manfred walking around with his cute little tucked in shirt saying, we're working on it. Okay, that's the last thing we know before we hit record on this bad boy. So let's just assume that we are going to have a baseball season, 162, okay, so when we have this conversation. But let's take a look back at the past 162 for the Milwaukee Brewers. Billy, I'm going to give it over to you. What did you think about the Brew Crew last year? Well, you know, it's really hard to be optimistic, you know, not really optimistic because that's a look forward, but it's it's difficult to look back on the season and 
come away with, you know, happy thoughts because this was a team that we had very high expectations for, like big winning streaks, uh, pitchers hitting milestones, uh, Cy Young Award winners, uh, relievers of the year, 95 wins on the season. And that was even overshooting it for my own thoughts. And like, I can be as big a homer as anybody, but I may have said that the Brewers are going to win the division when we were doing our roundtables on, you know, mild podcast, but I didn't, I really didn't expect, you know, 95 wins. I mean, I, I believe I used the term, the NFC East of baseball. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. I do, uh, man. Well, it turned back, out to but... be, yeah, it turned out to be anything, but however, you look at certain things and you wonder why the, the crew couldn't go any further. Yeah, we lost to eventual World Series champions, but we might have scored two runs per game in that whole series against Atlanta. And that's kind of the dichotomy that I'm talking about with the Brewers from 2021. One of the best pitching staffs in baseball. Okay, you can look at the rankings uh, across the board and it's pretty clear where the problem lies with Milwaukee. The, the, one of the best pitching staffs, uh, one of the very best rotations that we've ever seen in the history of Milwaukee baseball uh, across the board. And we're one and done in the playoffs, barely scoring any runs. Walk-off home run on the best relief pitcher in baseball. So what do we take from that? Well, the fact that we need offense. And we lost a couple of players. We picked up a couple of players. I think it can go well. But when you really look at the team rankings, all right, let's just indulge me here. Mm -hmm. The Brewers were in the top 5%. I'm sorry, uh, the top 5% of the league, all right, number five overall, rather, um, in in winning percentage. Okay. Now, we're looking at a pitching staff that was number number three overall in ERA. Oof. Overall, we're talking starters and bullpen. A killer bullpen. Put it in perspective. Put it in perspective. Who are they behind? Um, I want to say the Dodgers. Especially when they got Scherzer on board. Yeah. And I, I don't know who the other team was um, right offhand. But you look at runs scored per game. Now, there's a thought that the Brewers had to be near the bottom of the league. And for much of the season, they probably were. But runs per game, at the end of the season, they were smack dab in the middle. Number 15. That's after the addition of Willie Adamas, Eduardo Escobar, Rowdy Tellis. These guys helped us out a lot. We were only returning one of the, no, actually returning two of those guys. We're getting Rowdy Tellus back. And, um, you know, Willie Adamas is, man, he's just been a spark plug. But it is very clear where this team needs to improve. It needs a whole lot more out of guys who are supposedly killers at the plate. Colton Wong, always been a solid guy. He led yeah. off the entire season unless he rested. Okay. Was he successful against righties? No, he was not. He was very successful against lefties. But 
these are guys that we depend on. Okay, we're we're not expecting big things out of the young guys like Luis Urias, but did he step up? Yes, he did. We have got to improve on offense, and we have to stop being. I just said I was a homer, but we have to stop being homers when we're analyzing these players. We say Lorenzo Cain, man, I love him. I want him on my team all the time. Well, did he produce? Yes or no? Well, the the numbers say no. The numbers right. absolutely say no. You you cannot you cannot judge your season by measuring the sweat on your forehead. Just working hard doesn't do it. We have to be better than middle of the road in scoring runs. We've got to do better than getting Brandon Woodruff like two and a half runs per start. Those are the things that we need to improve. And that's why we got bounced out in, in, in the playoffs in the first round after winning our division, having like the, the fifth best record in baseball. Yeah, that was, it was definitely a shock. Now, Let's let's put you know the benefit where it deserves. Atlanta had one hell of a run. Okay, and we'll definitely be talking more Atlanta Braves here later on when we get to the Braves. That'll be a fun episode, I'm sure. Um, but we won't put too much of a stinger on this first episode over to you. But yeah, they had a hell of a run. But yes, Milwaukee needed to score runs. That's been an issue for a very long time. Now, one thing I will say we did talk about last year. You did very well with your predictions for the most part when we talked last year about. Uh, NL Central being, um, you know, a, a tough division, you know, and putting them on top. You did. You also gave a lot of shout out to your boy Corbin Burns, who had mm. one hell of a season. I mean, he really did. I mean, he's had a really great two seasons. You know, we're going to really get into that rotation here in a minute. But again, we I talked about the cat in the hat here or cat in the hat, the cat in the bag. Oh, my Dr. <laughs> Seuss. Who am I? Uh, so you take the cat out of the bag. We got a lockout now. Okay, let's, you know, we're talking about a lockout, you know, whether it's going to end before we hit March, you know, whether, whatever it is, we've lost spring training games, um, at whatever happens, we have, we've missed out on, you know, off-season workouts, we ha- have, we haven't had free agency the way that we should have had it during winter meetings, all that we've really had is a, a quick couple days of big signings um, for some teams, Milwaukee really wasn't one of those. The biggest thing that came from Milwaukee this offseason before the lockout was a trade, and that was Jackie Bradley Jr. going back to the Boston Red Sox uh, for Hunter Renfro. And this kind of hopes, you know, in hopes that you will have some run run support. When he was with Boston last year, Renfro, 31 home runs, 96 RBIs. He he can play the outfield very well. I think this is a fantastic win for the, the Brewers. I've always been a big Hunter Renfro fan. He's actually a um, funny story or cool fun fact about, about me is that Hunter Renfro is the first person that I have seen a Grand Slam in person. It was on Memorial Day uh, a couple of years ago, about five years ago. I pulled into San Diego when I was still in the military and went with a couple of friends to the Cubs. I think it was Cubs. Cubs and Padres. And he hit a Grand Slam. It was awesome. I really like Hunter Renfro. Really like what he's doing. Um, and I hope that he does well. What do you think about Hunter Renfro and the addition to the Brewers outfield? I really like the addition. What I'm worried about is the subtraction, and I'm not talking about JBJ. Okay? Mm-hmm. Talking about Avisael Garcia. We lost him in the offseason, and that's effectively who's going to be replaced by Hunter Renfro. 
yeah, the trade was, you know, one for Warner, Renfro for Jackie and some other assets. And it nobody could really foresee Jackie Bradley Jr. doing as poorly as he did. I don't think he hit above 200. I could be wrong about that. I don't think he I, even batted above 200 during the season. I think you're right. I think he was below the Mendoza line. I remember looking at the trade a few weeks ago, um, you know, getting ready, just prepping up for baseball. And I want to say he was under 200. I was, I was shocked, actually. I didn't know it was that bad. Sorry, go ahead. He ended up playing in like 130-something games, okay? And when you've got JBJ at batting number eight and a pitcher batting number nine, what do you think that does for your, t- uh, your run total? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's not going to help it at all. <laughs> no, if if you're if you're working with seven batters, when the other team's batting with you know with not with eight, then you know you're 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 behind the eight ball. So yeah, it's a good thing that JBJ's gone. His defense is you know gonna it's not irreplaceable, and I think defense is kind of overstated sometimes when it comes to uh, because even your your middle of the road defender in the outfield is still pretty damn good still pretty damn good so you don't need you know a 95 plus overall guy you know playing right field you want a guy who's got a cannon and can catch the ball and can move a little bit and we had that in a vcl garcia but he went on i believe he went to tampa bay but replacing him with hunter renfro I want to say upgrades offensively a little bit because we know how volatile a Visayo can be. You know, Renfro's got his, his spots, but you know, who's not volatile in baseball? Renfro is going to be a very positive change in the offense for the Milwaukee Brewers. And I think it's going to show up in runs per game. He's going to be batting towards the middle of the, of the lineup. If, some of our other outfielders can can pick up their their slack uh, that they've been leaving. We might be okay. It's hard to imagine guys like Christian Yelich having as bad a season as he had in 2021 again in 2022. So rounding out that outfield, you've you've got guys like uh, Tyrone Taylor who's sure to make the roster. You got some possibilities like David Dahl coming in with the DH, but I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about the DH a little bit later. I, th- I think there's some positivity coming to the Brewers' offense, and the, the the first step was getting somebody like Hunter Renfro. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think Renfro is going to be great. I'm really looking forward to seeing him. Yeah, and yeah, you did have a, a few subtractions, not many additions. Uh, Manny Pena obviously heading out. You know, someone who's been there for a minute four-year team he's going to go to the Atlanta Braves on a two-year yeah. contract Avicio Garcia like you said moving over to the Marlins on a four-year contract and Eduardo Escobar he's also uh, took off he went over to the Mets on a two-year um, but not many additions for your Brewers in this I guess shortened free agency period who knows what happens when the lockout's really done if they you know if they're not maybe they're not done we don't know um let's you I'm sure that you hope they're not done but uh they did try to replace Pena with Pedro Severino for the one-year deal coming over from Baltimore. Uh, it's like the Milwaukee-Tampa Bay connection continues. Mike Brasso comes over. He was traded for uh, a right-handed pitcher. It's, you know, the two two pretty decent pieces. Jonathan Davis coming over on a, a minor league contract. So there's going to be some competition 
when we have spring training uh, to try and make who's going to make that 26. And that was something that was really interesting to pay attention to last year um, when we, we were talking, constantly talking about who's going to play the hot corner for the Brewers. And it was going to be platoon. Was it going to be by you know committee? What were they planning on doing? And that was the biggest uh, the biggest competition I think we saw last year for the Brewers during spring training. When or if we hit a spring training, what do you think is going to be the biggest competition right off the bat? Well, competition's going to be probably in those in those bubble utility areas because I do think that we're pretty well locked down. First base might be up in the air a little bit. Um, I'm looking forward to maybe Keston Hura having a better spring and kick off of the season than he had last season. Now, the thing about him and Rowdy Telvis, if there is such a, you know, a, a competition at first base. With the DH coming in, that allows us a little bit of wiggle room. Um, but first base to me is really interesting. Rowdy Tellez had some very good games. He had some good production. But we also know that for every time you get hot, there's going to be that that valley. And how long does he stay in that valley? When does he, when does he start correcting uh, statistically? And, you know, being the true Rowdy Tellus that he actually is. We don't want feast or famine over there. We want good defense and we want somebody who can get on base, drive and runs. So the competition for me is Rowdy Tellus, Keston Hura. But the problem there is Craig Council's willingness to look at lefty-righty splits. And this is a, a, an issue that I had all season with him. Um, I don't claim to know better. I only know what I would do in a certain situation. But to me, Craig Council fails to recognize when his own players have reverse splits. He likes the lefty versus righty, righty versus lefty. But the, the fact is, guys like Jace Peterson, Keston Hira, um, Rowdy Tellis, Colton Wong, those guys have same side splits. And it, when I've got Jace Peterson batting leadoff in, you know, in, in a day where he's going to fill in for somebody, he's batting leadoff against a righty hitter. And I'm not surprised when he goes 0 for 4 or you know, 1 for 5 because somebody didn't recognize that he is better versus lefties than he is righties, even as a lefty hitter. Those are the things that really intrigue me about Craig Council. Being a guy who was just solid at the plate, very dependable, why does he not recognize those things? And Or maybe does he just not believe in splits? Maybe he looks at the overall and, and says, you know what, if I put him in the two-hole, he's going to produce. Well, it didn't happen last season. They were middle of the road, and as a, they should have been well over a 100-win team, and they could have been. They could have been the San Francisco Giants, but they failed offensively, and... This is what we got. What a hell of a take right there. Should have been a 100-win team. I, I like that. I like that a lot. And it's hard to really disagree with you. Um, you know, seeing what the Giants did, no one expected that to happen whatsoever. In the West. Um, well, it's, it's, it's even more impressive exactly. that the Giants did it in the West because we did it in, in the, the Central. In the West. I guess, you yeah. know, the Reds, the Pirates, um, you know, the, the flailing Cubs. 
um, the, the only real competition was the Cardinals, and mm-hmm. they went on that crazy run at the end. But they throughout did. the season, they were, you know, just you know, middle of the road as well. But the Giants did this in a in a division with the Dodgers and the Padres. But we're not here to talk about those bums. No, we're not. We'll we'll get all into that at the end of the month. You're going to come on back, and we're going to uh, do the good old tis was the night before baseball once again um mm-hmm. looking forward to that one yeah I, I agree i think that they could have won more games i mean but that doesn't stop them what they did in the playoffs that it was just uh you know run support moving everything back to run support so free agency looming you know it still really hasn't happened yet because the lockout's not over do you see them you know one last question about free agency before we move on and actually dig into the, the 2022 preview um do you see them doing anything extra something big time once the lockout finally is over well it's going to depend on availability i don't see any like big splashes because first of all as a 95 win team knowing that you had to upgrade your offense and you just did that in right field um and honestly you, you brought up manny pena earlier well, Manny Pena, believe it or not, if I gave you a list of Milwaukee Brewers and I ask you, who do you think more often hits a home run per plate appearance? You might say Avi Garcia. You might say Dan Vogelbach. You might say uh, Rowdy Tellis. But the truth is it was Manny Pena. And Manny Pena hits lefty pitchers like nobody's business. He was at a whopping 6% of his plate appearances were home runs. And wow. yeah, a lot of uh, September ball out of him was really hot. Um, I remember tweeting multiple times, all Manny Pena does is hit home runs. Well, what we've replaced him with is Pedro Severino. And I don't know much about Pete Severino. This is uh, this is probably going to be your, uh, your, your, mm-hmm. your area. But yep. I understand that he's pretty strong against lefties as well. Yeah, very strong, very strong. It's I wouldn't say it's comparing, you know, apples to apples, but it's uh, it's definitely a if you're going to get rid of one, this, you know, one catcher that does well against lefties, he's a solid replacement. Um, It's hard to say which one is better, which one is an upgrade, because they are really close. And Severino's been with Baltimore for so long, who didn't have, unfortunately, the love that, you know, of run support. But I guess you know, neither did, neither did Milwaukee. So um, okay. it'll be interesting to see if the, he can actually put something together. But I think you should be excited about Severino. It's a, I don't know if you'll get as much of a percentage of home runs like you did with Pena next last year. But who knows if Pena even carries on with that? That was a really hot streak last year by him. Yeah. All right. So we're I, don't, not thinking- I don't need that though. I just need some average. That's that's what we're right. lacking. We're we're lacking hitters for average. In I mean, especially out of the catcher position, you don't need it. You're. I mean. The catching position is expected to really be the, I mean, now with uh, the DH, which we'll talk about in a sec, um, the catching position is probably going to be your predicted worst batting spot in all of your lineup. That would be probably an expectation for 28 of the teams this year, I would say, mm-hmm. or at least 25 to 28 of your teams. You're going to Maybe make not the Milwaukee. Maybe right. not Milwaukee, because Omar Narvaez has been one of the biggest contributors to Milwaukee. However, on his off nights, Manny Pena was not a guy who would just get on base. Um, if, if it wasn't a home run, he's another one of those feast or famine guys. But mm-hmm. that, that, that's why I'm hoping that Pete Severino against lefties, because I, I think he was kind of expected, Severino was, to uh, to face both sides, you know, both, both uh, righty and lefty pitchers at, you know, a lot of the time. I looked at his splits a while back, and I saw a good number of at-bats or plate appearances versus righties as well. Um, 
I would prefer to only see him against lefties. And if mm-hmm. so, I do think that his numbers go up drastically and he's going to be comfortable. Narvaez is going to take a, a, a huge load off of him, you know, uh, work-wise. And honestly, if Severino doesn't work out, that really leaves room to bring up Mario Feliciano, who yes. you know a lot of Brewers fans like, and rightfully so. And he can smack lefties as well. He can. He can. We're going to talk a little about the farm here soon because I see that nice little N on your polo there so we'll definitely be talking about the farm but let's dig into this brewers rotation as we start off with this season preview uh, we kind of already talked about you know corbin burns with what he did last year you know it, it, but it, leading off this rotation corbin burns brandon woodruff probably arguably the best one-two punch in all of baseball uh, with the exception of maybe what's going on in new york with the mets i mean you can maybe put some kind of a, a possibility there with the grom and scherzer if they both get a chance to pitch you know side by side but whoever knows what happens with the mets you always get so scared about what happens with their injuries because they've been so dang you know scary with that now we might have something to do with the angels with otani and now noah noah Syndergaard over there but i love what the brewers did they were one of the most dangerous one two punches in all of baseball last year um, but will they continue to, to solidify uh, this the beginning of the rotation? And then what's next for this rotation? You got Fastball Freddy. We know who he is. At least you and I do. We love Fastball Freddy Peralta. But what's next for this rotation? What does this five look like if there isn't even a five right now on this roster? Um, and does it need to continue to be improved? What do you got for me? Well, there's definitely a five on the roster, and there might be a six. So, mm-hmm. um, what? Yeah, you you said Burns, who, uh, you know, I've got the feeling that maybe he supplants Brandon Woodruff as the ace, um, is our opening day starter. You might give, you know, Woodruff that nod just because of the the longevity with the team. But man, you gotta you gotta give Corbin Burns some love on opening day. He just put out one of the best seasons in Brewer history, set milestone records. Um, Give him opening day, man. Woodruff's a sport. He'll he'll step he'll step aside. But yeah, Woodruff and Burns, obvious one-two punch. Fastball Freddie um was not far removed from Brandon Woodruff numbers. He doesn't have the ability um to go as deep into games. You might get five and a you know, five and a third out of him, five and two thirds. Very rarely are you getting six out of him, but that's because of high pitch counts and high velocity that slider really came along it became a a punch out pitch for him a lot of the time he already had some good stuff freddie is a solid number three and as again not very far behind those is adrian hauser he didn't have the 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 k per nine he only hovered around seven strikeouts per nine innings last season but he's a ground ball pitcher and he can throw hard. He can, you know, he throws that high heat as a an out pitch when he gets, you know, when he gets the two strikes on you. He more than did his job and has done nothing to lose it as the number four guy. The question, and I believe the question is really answered if you if you think about it, you don't think too hard about it. You know, you don't think yourself into a corner and try to play fantasy ball in your head. No one puts uh, baby in the corner, Billy. No, absolutely not. Nobody's going to put uh, Eric Lauer out of this rotation either. (laughs) He's going to be the guy uh, at at number five, especially with Brad Anderson now retiring. Um, The question that a lot of people have is Aaron Ashby. 
Okay, so it's just not really a question. A lot of people want to see him in the rotation. But Eric Lauer's done nothing to lose that spot. Okay, Lauer, Lauer started game number one, I believe, against Atlanta in the uh, the wild card game. And we won that game. Um, I'm pretty sure we won that game. But he gave up uh, a ton of runs earlier in the season, settled down and came back and looked fantastic. His send down to Nashville was a blessing to him. He got rocked in spring and people were ready to give up on him. Well, he came back and looked like he looked like a guy who could be number three in a lot of teams rotations. So that to me is, is our one through five and with Aaron Ashby in the, 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 the bullpen as a long relief guy or spot starter. I don't think Ashby is going to be in Nashville at the beginning of the season. I kind of wish he would be, but you know, it's just how the cookie crumbles. We're going to have some good pitching in Nashville as well. But when you've got the number three pitching staff, not just rotation, but staff, why do you change anything the next season? You have no reason to change anything. So leave it as is. Fix your offense, and the, the, the rotation and the bullpen is going to take care of you. It's hard to disagree with you saying, hey, let's run it back if you're the, you know, the best. So I can't, can't blame you whatsoever. I'm excited to hear more about Aaron Ashby. Uh, I've only heard you know just quiet, s- small little things by, by some of our Brewer followers over on Slasher Sports, which because of your prior podcast and your new podcast, Hit City Podcast, coming out, I'm sure we'll get more uh, some more Brewer love. Really excited for that. So if you are a Brewers fan and you are listening, um, make sure you're paying attention not only to um, you know hopefully give me some love at the route report, but pay attention. Look out on, at Slasher Sports, SlasherSports.com. And on Twitter at Slasher Sports for when Billy's new podcast comes out, the Hit City Podcast. Looking forward That's to right. that one. Can't wait, man. I can't wait for your podcast to come out too. It's hard to disagree with how great that this rotation is. I love talking pitching. This is one of the not only because I, I was really excited to talk Brewers to start off this podcast. Not only one because you know I wanted you on as my first episode, but because this team is just really excited to talk about. You know, they're just they haven't lived up to their potential yet. I think that there's only a few there's a few teams in in the in the league that have a lot of really good potential that really just make you question why haven't they got to that next step. Now Brewers at least made it to the postseason. There's some other teams that um, you know like the Philadelphia Phillies things like that that you'd really question what the hell's going on with them. You know you think they'd be doing a lot better, but they're not. But um, but the Brewers I feel that way completely feel that way. Uh, and it does lead exactly right to that rotation. But I digress. Let's continue on. Let's talk about this bullpen. You talk about how amazing this bullpen was last year. We had Devin Williams, who in 2020 was the reliever of the year. You have Josh Hader. This is the biggest question that we've been asking for years now, Billy. What's I mean, Josh Hader, he's fantastic. But what happens with him? We Do we keep, do the Brewers keep him? Do they go with him? There's been questions of what's going to happen to this guy. Is he here to stay? Is he Is he the anchor? Uh, what do you feel about Hader, you know, Williams, and of course the rest of the bullpen for the Brew Crew? Well, I think it depends on Devin Williams. Uh, I think it's... Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. In the long run, and I don't have anything substantial to back this up, but I do think that in the long run, they see Devin Williams as their closer. And Josh Hader is going to be that guy who gets a really big payday and it's just not going to be from, from Milwaukee. Now, whether they deal him or not, that remains to be seen. It's going to really depend on what the team looks like come trade deadline time. But I could see them riding the hater wave. And even if they're doing really well, um, I could see Josh Hader getting traded for a big gun, a big offensive gun. But again, it depends on what Devin Williams does. We already had a strong bullpen. Like I said, the staff was number three in the league. Guys that you wouldn't expect, um, Brad Boxberger was pretty lights out for a lot of the season. Yeah, he had peaks and valleys, but for the for the most part, he was a plus to this team. Hunter Strickland came out of nowhere to just be lights out, uh, pitched under a uh, two ERA for, uh, I don't know how many, like 30-something innings for us. He was really good. And then you got some of those younger guys that are coming up, like uh, Justin Topa, uh, Ethan Small. Yeah, these guys are you know, starters in, in the minors, but if, if they see that they can contribute on the big league level, don't think for a second they're not going to be you know, middle relief guys. You got guys like uh, Trevor Gott, who you know, he uh, came from San Francisco, got, got DFA'd, uh, had a great season a couple of seasons ago and just got demolished last season. You, you want to wonder, you know, you want to think about how is he going to bounce back? So Hater is going to be one of those dominoes that you don't know if he gets knocked down due to what happens with the rest of the guys. It's, it's just going to be a matter of um, analysis of the players that you have there who are not yet set for paydays. I was really, uh, I, I was really in the Trevor got a few years ago. I think we had this conversation when he got picked up by the Brewers a few, a few weeks back, or I think we it was did. longer than that, but we had that conversation about got, and I was real, I was really big on him. He's, he's impressive. Um, so I would be bold enough to even say, you know, draft the article. Now he's going to be a guy that we're going to be talking about for, you know, past the summer. We're going to be talking about him, you know, being the solid guy on this on this bullpen. So draft the article now. There's your first hot take from the new and improved Brow Report. Trevor got Trevor got got the first hot take. Who would have thought that? Man, I'm getting not me. These dad jokes. These dad jokes are starting to come in. I see this. All right. Fantastic. All right, man. So this bullpen, absolutely fantastic. The pitching rotation, the pitching crew of the Brewers. Uh, if you want to watch some arms, you go watch a Brewers game. You go listen to Bob Euchre talk about these pitchers, okay? But let's talk about something that's huge in the National League this year, and that's the designated hitter. Being implemented in the National League for the first time, no more pitchers raking. It's unfortunate to see. Um, you know, I think we both are on the same side of this. I'll let you get your take on it. What do you think about the, the National League getting the DH, and what does it mean for the league and for the Brewers? Long story short, when it comes to the DH, I just wanted both leagues 
to finally be following the same rules. Okay, and and I'll be clear, I am not a fan of the DH as an mm-hmm. over, you know, overall rule. I think if you're a baseball player, you play baseball, and part of baseball is hitting. You don't want your guys to get to get injured. Well, too bad. They're playing a game where they can get injured. Okay, pitchers get paid a lot of money to start, you know, once every five days. And if on that starting day they can't get it to the plate, they're not playing baseball. So that's just my, you know, uh, my hot take, I guess. But since it's here and we have both leagues playing on the same uh, with the same rule set, I'm content. Um, Is there going to be any more Brandon Woodruff, you know, rake moments? No, but I know. I I like the small ball, man. I've always been a fan of the small ball. I like the change of pace at the bottom of the order. I like the the strategy. I like, you know, the double switches. It's just something I'm going to miss about it. But that's what we got to live with, I guess. The double switch thing is going to be the big thing that's going to bug me. I think that's going to – and I agree with you. I think that I'm not a huge fan of the DH either, but I am a fan of the universal of that – universal word of that phrase, uh, of it being of both. Uh, I wish it was not DH at all, but still have a universal. I, I agree with that. But what does this mean for the National League, and what does this mean for the Brewers in general uh, now that there's a designated hitter in their lineup? Now that you can put nine bats in there, and now that you have to face nine bats, what is what is this going to do for this league? Well, first of all, it's going to extend some, uh, some of your aging players, I think. It's going to take some of your guys who maybe aren't as strong defensively, guys that you wanted to get rid of because they kind of sucked on defense, but, you know, now they can just hop into that that DH role and magically they're you know valuable again. But I think it does, uh, you know, both of those things kind of evenly. And for the Brewers specifically. I think what we're going to have is a DH by committee situation going on. I don't think we have that one guy. No, eventually we could just have that one guy if he really you know goes into that role and excels but i think it's going to be who needs an off day or who needs i guess half an off day and uh, you know only wants to hit that's the guy that you're going to find in you know your dh role on any given day i would like to see it be somebody like uh, christian yelich uh somebody that yeah he's won a gold glove but i don't know how um he Maybe I don't understand completely the criteria that it takes to win a gold glove. Okay. I think I do, but I'm being a little facetious, but, (laughs) but the fact is we've seen, we've seen Christian Yelich, you know, one hop a third base before. (laughs) And that is, uh, that's something that kind of gets on my nerves watching a corner, a corner outfielder. And we know that he struggles at the plate. So maybe we just want to take him out of the field, let him concentrate on on batting alone. Right. That's Get not a bad idea. A killer. It's not a that's bad not idea. A, and it, and it works for idea. a few people. It works for yeah. a few people. It works for somebody like Keston Hura, where, yeah, he had a great 2020. Um, what happened to 2021? Well, he kind of you know bottomed out. Now, he had some reasons, okay? His his mother was going through mm-hmm. uh, something that, you know, people don't want to have to imagine, okay? And, 
know, unfortunately, that's something he had to deal with, and he was a he was a doggone soldier for for yeah. getting through that. Yeah. And you know, he wasn't one of those who, uh, you know, took it and said, you know what, I'm going to make this platform about me. Um, he was all about mom, and we salute him for it. He struggled at the plate because of it. And do I blame him one bit? Absolutely not, because it was a pleasure watching him play in Nashville. I hope I don't see him one time in Nashville this season. I hope he's in Milwaukee just ripping it up. And honestly, I believe that DH role might be really good for him. He didn't have a bad time playing first base. Uh, overall, he ended up doing you know pretty well. But it's no secret that he's not a defensive wizard. Okay, we don't expect big plays. We don't expect those uh, Anthony Rizzo, um, Mark Reynolds, you know, full splits, Ronald Ronald Guzman, full splits, digging ball out of the dirt. But he was serviceable, and it's because he had to be. Once uh, this DH role gets going and he can hop into that, we could see some crazy power out of him again and get back to seeing the offensive old from, from Keston Hero. If you're a younger listener and you don't know who Mark Reynolds or Ronald uh, Guzman is, you look on Baseball Reference. I'm telling you, <laughs> do, do do yourself a favor. What, Brewers, Brewers fans yes. know Mark Reynolds, man. Mark oh, Reynolds yeah. is one of my favorite oh, yeah. first basemen, if oh, yeah. not my very first, my very favorite first baseman for a long time. Uh, power hitter, uh, another one of those feast or famine guys, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But he, he could smack the hell out of the ball. Wouldn't hit for average very often. Saw a couple of walk offs of his. But when he would dig a ball out of first uh, out of the dirt at first base, I'm talking balls to the ground, full splits out of Mark Reynolds. There's no space in between. Yeah, the, no no space between his ass on the ground, and it was magic to watch. Well, in case you were curious, we are still talking about the Milwaukee Brewers. This is the 30 Teams in 30 Days preview of the Milwaukee Brewers here on the Route Report. You might have got a little bit confused because it sounded like Billy was talking a little bit of crap about the star, the superstar of the show, and Christian Yelich. But I don't think that was by any means um, necessary on accident. I think that was absolutely on purpose. I think Billy's got a few things to say about this guy. I know some people maybe take it the wrong way, but I feel he has a lot of valid points. So let me ask you, Billy, right here, right now, Christian Yelich, what do you feel about him? I know he's had some off years in the last couple of years, you know, 2020, 2021. He's a top dollar player. Can he come back to top dollar form in 2022? So guys, listen, sincerely, over the last season, I said a lot of things about Christian Yelich. And it upset a few of you. And I just want to tell you from the bottom of my heart, I don't care. <laughs> I do not care, even in the slightest, that you're yeah. upset with me because I said some things about Christian Yelich. Because there's nothing I said that the numbers don't back up. Okay? Crazy timing on the lockdown of sign stealing and his downfall. Yeah, he had the knee injury and that kind of sucked. But you know what? Nobody's wrong. Nobody is wrong whatsoever when they talk bad about Christian Yelich. This is a guy who Brewers fans get blindly behind. He could be 1,000% wrong 
and they will back him up. And it is the most asinine thing in the world. I'll never forget the play where this this uh, shift took place. Okay, Christian Yelich is running down first base, and man, he can move. First of all, Christian Yelich can move. Okay, there's probably not a better base runner on this team, not named Colton Wong. Okay, Colton Wong's a, a cerebral guy, but Christian Yelich. Runs the bases better than anybody on this team almost. Um, and on his best days, nobody tops him. But he's running down for the first base line. Um, there's a, a wild pitch. He does this little shoulder shimmy like he's going to go to second. But it's so small. It's such a small move, Christian, that at first glance, it looked like nothing happened. Well, there was no safe call. There was there was no safe call whatsoever so he just kind of stood there, and as the, the defender's like just jogging by him with ball in hand, defender taps him on the shoulder with that ball, umpire calls him out, and Brewer's Twitter went absolutely ballistic. And what did I say? Well, he feigned towards second, so it was a good call. <laughs> you would have thought I wished death upon Christian Yelich. No, I, they, they said, what, what was the one? You're just wanting an edgy take. Yeah. <laughs> Me. I'm just an edge Lord guys. You're That's an edgy guy. That's what you are. I, yeah. I am so edgy. Gosh. The, if, if, if you look up edgy in the dictionary, you get pictures of James Dean and me. Okay. That's it. No, no, no more. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. By the letter of the rule, Christian Yelich was out because he feigned towards second. You know why? Because his little shoulder shimmy probably makes that defender stop for a second instead of throwing out the other guy who's on the base paths. Mm -hmm. That's why he was out. But Christian Yelich lost his, his mind yelling at the, the umpire. And Brewer's Twitter followed in suit. So maybe I'm a little bit more spiteful after that situation. But... The fact is, he's going to be due $23, 24000000 million a year and going upwards for, you know, over the next season and, and going forward. And he has not produced like that in two years. And there's always an argument that says, well, people are just expecting Christian Yelich to be an MVP form. No, we're not. No, we're not. That's impossible. Nobody is going to play like an MVP every single season if your name's not Mike Trout when he's fully healthy. Okay, uh, Shohei Otani is not going to play like he played in 2021 every season that he's alive. Okay, Christian Yelich is expected to produce runs, not be a table setter. You're not going to impress me with this high walk rate. Okay, it's not impressive whatsoever when you're getting paid to be a run producer, not a plate setter. So he's got to step up. He has to step up big, and he has to start playing like uh, a guy who gets paid $23 million a year. One thing I will say is that in 2020, obviously a shortened season, he played 58 games, 12 home runs, 22 RBIs. Last year, he played 117 games, about double. Uh, I mean, that's really double, plus one, actually. He had less home runs than he did in 2020. A lot of people say, well, it's shortened season 2020. He had a worse 2021 than he did 2020. So he's not he's on a continue on a down curve. So he's definitely in we talk about peaks and valleys. He's definitely in a pretty big valley 
So let's hope that he goes up, gets back to those 36 home runs, 44 home run time seasons that he did have when he just got to Milwaukee in 2018. We've seen it before. We know it can happen. It's just whether will it happen? That's the I'll take question. 265. I'll take 265, 30 home runs. I'm not asking for, you know, his MVP numbers. I just want him to be somebody that I can trust going up in the three hole to, to drive runs in. And he's just not that right now. He was at the bottom of the, the list. If you were to if you were to take an Excel file and conditionally format from green to red, almost all of his stats would be in red compared to the rest of his teammates. And the only place where he excelled was on base percentage. And he did very well drawing walks. Very well. But he's not paid to only draw walks. He's not paid to get on first base. He's paid to get the guy on first base around home. And there's a big difference. We're not going to compare him in the three hole to somebody like, I don't know, Luis Urias batting out of the seven hole and expect it to be this, you know, the, the same outcomes. No, the, Christian Yelich gets paid Christian Yelich dollars and he needs to produce Christian Yelich numbers. I like this. I'm glad we finally got this out in the air because we've been, I know we've talked about this on the side for a long time. You know, it's, there's been like, it's been brewing up if I should say, but no, it's, yeah, it's yeah. definitely, I'm glad that's, yeah. See, look at another dad jokes. That's two for two. I'm doing good. All right. Keep it up. Keep it up. All right. So um, before we end out this 22 season preview of the Milwaukee Brewers, any other aspects to really pay attention to for the Brewers this season as we move on as the roster sits right now, or maybe as you predict it to be? So we're sitting at about 36, 37 guys on the 40-man roster right now. Once we get back out in the open, the, the lockdown is off of us. Um, I don't know what types of players they're going to fill those in with. But we've got some guys down on the farm who are looking really good. And people could be bumped up at any time. And I'm looking for somebody like David Dahl to step away from the rest of the competition and be a number uh, five outfielder because Tyrone Taylor has just been great. But David Dahl with this, you know, newly uh, implemented DH, he could be a guy that could come up and contribute big time. He was always pretty, uh, you know, pretty solid there in Colorado. Maybe you could say it's the Coors effect. I don't know. Uh, we may have to endure some time with him in Nashville, but David Dahl is somebody that I expect to come in and make some noise and the rest of it. I mean, let's just fill in this bullpen we're going to need some, you know, some pitching love and maybe one piece offensively. But honestly, you look at the, you look at the offense and the depth chart probably looks like this right now. You got Narvaez at first, tell is at second, uh, I'm sorry, Narvaez at catcher, tell is at, at first, Wong at second, Adamas at short, Luis Urias at third, You've got Yelich at left, Lorenzo Cain at center, and Hunter Renfro in right. That sounds like a very good offensive, you know, producing team. So why are they not? They're middle of the road. Well, hopefully Renfro is going to bump that up and got to have people off the bench. We've already got Jace Peterson. I hope they extend him from here till infinity because I love Jace Peterson. But you got to have somebody reliable that can 
that can produce offensively, not just as a table setter. You got to have some power off the bench. And I was really thinking that with the the implemented DH, you know, Dan Vogelbach might find himself a, a home here again because he is the first baseman that can hit right-handed pitching um, for very good power. So what do you do? Um, you, you let him walk and you start searching elsewhere. But, you know, you got those three, those three spots that are left open. That's going to tell the tale right there. Um, we, we need real competition during the spring. Um, Luis Urias may have overachieved over at third base, so you need some competition for him as well. If he goes into spring thinking that he has that third base job on lockdown, uh, he's open to complacency. Not saying he will become complacent, but he needs somebody to push him. He had uh, Orlando Arcia pushing him at, at shortstop. He had Ed Escobar pushing him at third this season, and he produced uh, as well as any Milwaukee Brewer. Get him somebody to keep him keep him honest at third, and you won't need to supplant him on the corner. He could be the guy. But Luis Urias is somebody I'm going to have my eyes on uh, in spring just because you never know about that, you know, that, that, that statistical correction. But keep an eye on the farm. Please keep your eyes on the, the Nashville sounds guys. Um, you know, we here in Nashville, well, we love our, you know, our home team. Yeah. Maybe you're not going to find that many Brewers fans here in Tennessee. It's probably going to be more along the lines of, you know, the Atlanta Braves. This is Atlanta Braves country. Um, they're one of the two teams that get blacked out when we try to watch baseball on TV. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Luckily, we don't play them very often, but we do play the Reds, and they're the other blacked out team here in Nashville, and that's 19 games a year. So I'm going to have to find a workaround there. But pay attention to the farm. Guys, on the, uh, the, the, the Hit City podcast, Nashville is Hit City, both baseball and musically. Um, going to be covering a lot of the, the farm teams as well as the Brewers. So hopefully uh, you show me some love over on the Hit City podcast. Um, my, my guy Rob Jones is continuing to give me some fantastic intro music. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun. I, you guys have it. You know, you guys have the, the Brewers figured out. Let me handle the farm for you. And uh, <laughs> yeah, just just show me some love. Nice. Nice. Well, if you want to hear more about the Nashville Sounds and all the farm pieces that Billy's most excited for get him, uh, get him over on the hit city podcast. Again, you can find him on Twitter at hit city kid, and you can find um, all the other work. Again, you want to find him at hit city kid and at slashersports.com. Billy season predictions for the uh, Milwaukee Brewers over under wins. They got them right now. At 82 and a half wins. I feel like that's low. I'm going to be honest right off the bat, but you know, again, this is just, you know, before lockout, I'm sure this number is going to change when we get closer. That's where we got them right now. But how you feel? 82 and a half. I'll tell you what. Um, if we. Wait, did you say 82 and a half or 92? Yeah, 82 and a half. Eight, two. Yeah. Who, who's got the Brewers at 82 wins? <laughs> yeah. 82 and a half. Yeah. What kind of Mickey Mouse organization <laughs> is making predictions over there? I'm, I'm OK. I don't think we're going to get a full season. Okay, so I'm going to have yeah. to amend this. Maybe it's 82 off of a 100 win, 100 game season, uh, right? <laughs> y- y- yeah, that sounds a little better. No, listen. No. The, the 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 big question is, did we get better? Did we get worse? Or did we stay the same, Christian? Right. 
Right. That's it. That's the question. I think we got better. We lost very dead weight in JBJ. And I hate to say that because he's a delight of a guy, but some very dead offensive weight with JBJ. Yeah, we lost Avisayo Garcia, who was arguably our best hitter. Uh, but we picked up Hunter Renfro. And I think he's gonna he's gonna take that spot and he's gonna run with it. So listen, if it's 162 games. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do you two for one right here, Christian, because I know in the uh, the episode program you wanted season predictions and a bold prediction. Yeah, well, I'm gonna hit I'm gonna hit you with both. Hit them right? both. This is a hundred win team in 162 games. Nice, nice. I like that. I like that. So I mean, you're right. You get Renfro, and you can't. You can only expect you know Yelich to do better than nine home runs in the three four spot next year just coming up you have to make that expectation so I agree if you're going to answer that question worse better the same it's a team that's got better why is five wins more than 2021 so difficult to 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 comprehend it's only five wins the Giants did that with a very I don't how good was their pitching staff it was you know, it overachieved, but it, and it was pretty mm-hmm. good. But you look at the roster, and it's not what we have in, in Milwaukee. All we needed was a little bit of offense to win a whole lot more games. We could have been the San Francisco Giants of 2021. And I think in 2022, uh, pending a full season, we will be. Hunter wins, I f- I'm sure, would definitely win the NL Central for a- another year in a row for the Milwaukee Brewers. Billy, thanks again for joining me and breaking this podcast back in. This is exactly what I hoped for. This was fun. Um, I will always remember this Christian Yelich slander, and I'll hold it against you if I have to. I doubt I'll have to, but I'm really Well, it's really only excited. slander if it's not true. That's true. A wise man once told me it's it's only mean if you make it up. So, hey, it's hard looking at it. All you got to do is just look at baseball reference, and you can see that it's it's uh, completely listen, right. So, listen, all 100% truth i hope christian yelich tears the cover off the ball in 2022 i don't yes. think he is a i don't think he is a, a bad guy i don't think he's as terrible as he as he was in 2020 and 2021 i think he is a good ball player who can do things but brewers fans y'all gotta chill <laughs> y'all gotta chill when somebody says something it's just an opinion and it's it's not being edgy if the numbers are right in front of me, man. Christian Yelich, I hope uh, I, ho- I hope he does it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can rile him up and ask if you are being edgy still. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe we'll see. If oh it's yeah. Still, if it's well, still the thing about Yelich is he, he'll take the Twitter. He wants the the, the Twitter likes. You know, he he's going to say something you know off the wall, like he said to a uh, U Darvish, like nobody needs help facing you. Well, truth is. You kind of do need help facing you, Darvish. He's he's a badass, but uh, he yeah, he he'll he he would say the same thing. He would say, "Come on, Billy, come on." And then all the, you know, all those fools that you know in Wisconsin are going to be like, "Yeah, Billy." And then like some guy pretending to be a dinosaur is gonna <laughs> gonna chime in. But anyway, <laughs> you digress. I take it. But <laughs> Billy Graves, everyone, when we get in your podcast, are you still locked out? When are we seeing your pod? What do we got? What do you got coming up? Go ahead. Give us a little shout out what you got. 
All right, so the Hit City podcast, guys. Nashville is Hit City, and that's what we're going to go with. We're going to cover the Milwaukee Brewers, the Nashville Sounds, the Biloxi Shuckers, the Carolina Mudcastle, the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. We're going to do it all, man. We're going to we're going to focus on the Milwaukee Brewers and the farm, their prospects, their stars. That's what we're going to do. But uh, well, I think I'm going to wait until spring training is finally announced. We need some kind of concrete date on when things are going to go down, because I don't want to have, you know, Brandon Warren from Access Twins on uh, talking about the, the Twins roster. If there's going to be, you know, time to to fill in those roster spots before there are any games played. I don't want it to be outdated the next day that it drops, you know. So uh, I'm going to wait until that happens. But keep an eye out on my uh, my Twitter account, at uh, HitCityKid. No spaces in that one. That one's easy to pronounce as well. But, hey, Christian, as well, you know, they can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Slasher Sports Media. Uh, TikTok as well, Slasher Sports Media. We've got our YouTube page. Uh, you know, we've got Twitter. We, we're everywhere, man. We want you know, we want you guys to come to us and just have fun with it, man. That's what we're about. And, and, and don't forget our uh, our other project on Slasher Sports, the Slashers and Screamers podcast for those mm-hmm. horror movie fans. I mean, that's that's kind of the, you know, that's kind of the, you know, the dessert after the meal. You know, you, you want to. You know, yeah. sit down and watch a, a scary flick with us. Well, then, you know, tune into the Slashers and Screamers podcast. We'll, we'll break the monotony that is sports sometimes, uh, get you over the weekend because we drop our new episodes on Mondays. So, yeah, we're, we're mainly sports, but a little bit of slashers here and there, too. So that's right. That's right. I haven't laughed that hard at a podcast in a very long time after listening to Slashers and Screamers. So there's some very, I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's a hilarious podcast. Take a listen to it. Um, don't be, don't drink anything. If you're going to be listening to the podcast though, um, it, you'll spit it out. But Billy, thank you so much for joining me. This is going to wrap it up of episode one of the route report. Thank you so much for joining and listening. We'll be back here tomorrow with another episode of 30 teams in 30 days, as we hope that after these 30 days, we'll have an opening day. But if not, that's okay. We'll continue on here at the Rao Report. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Tune in weekdays for more of the Rao Report. on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVIC coupon and for every dollar you spend with your VIC card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVIC coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVIC and Harris Teeter fuel points. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. 
Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 